My husband was born and raised in Japan. Meanwhile, I was born and raised in a country in South America called Colombia. Not only are our cultures different, but so is our perspective of the world. We met in Bogota, the capital of Colombia, in 2019 when he was working there as an elementary school teacher. I was a college student in love with Japanese culture and he was a foreigner in love with Latin American culture. Eventually we got married and I moved to Japan to start a new life together. Being married is already a lot of work. Now imagine marrying someone from a completely different culture. Today I am going to share with you the joys and struggles of a multicultural marriage. But just before we do that, I need to tell you and give you a reminder that if you're ready to discover Japan through a new lens, you can subscribe to Portraits of Life in Japan to get noticed when we post a new episode. You can also find this podcast in any podcast app on the planet, including of course Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Amazon. Plus, make sure to follow Portraits of Life in Japan on Instagram to keep updated with this podcast. Remember, being true to ourselves is our greatest strength. Welcome to Portraits of Life in Japan. This is your host, Monclo Caroline. Let me share with you a funny story. When I was 19 years old, while studying social communication and majoring in journalism, I took a Japanese language class at my university. There, I became friends with a guy called Sebastian, who invited me to his home to introduce me to a fortune teller who was very close to his family. That was my first experience interacting with a fortune teller, so I was very nervous. After drinking coffee, she took my cup and described what she saw there. The first thing she said was, Oh my gosh, you're going to get married very young. You shouldn't get married that young. <laughs> Meaning that I should enjoy my life more before committing to someone else for the rest of my life. I found what she told me very funny since at that time I didn't even have a boyfriend. Then she started describing my future spouse. She said he's very tall and thin and he's very white. Why is he so white? I have never seen someone so pale. <laughs> and I found this comment funny because in South America we're more used uh, to seeing brown skin. So I thought that her emphasis on how pale my future husband will be was because maybe he will be from another country. At that time, I already had the idea of wanting to live in Japan someday. But to be honest, I never thought about marrying a Japanese man. I got engaged at 24 and married my husband just a couple of days after my 25th birthday. So I guess you could say that I did get married at a young age. On this occasion, instead of focusing on our love story when we were boyfriend and girlfriend, I want to talk about our multicultural marriage. Moving to Japan was one of the happiest moments of my life, but also one of the most challenging. The reason was because I was not only a wife, 
but also an immigrant. From the very first moment, my husband prepared everything for our new life together. I still remember the happiness that I felt after seeing him again after a long distance relationship at the airport in Tokyo. He decorated our home with a huge flag of Colombia. He bought a bunch of my favorite snacks and fruits, even though fruits are expensive here. And he did his best to make me feel at home. He taught me how to cook, how to iron, how to use a kitchen knife, and how to recycle. He taught me so many things that I can't even name them all. But I need to be honest, at that time my emotions were a roller coaster and I was very unstable. On one hand, I was very happy to be with him and very excited to experience a new culture. On the other hand, I felt broken because I missed my family so much and I was having a hard time adapting to Japanese culture. Now that I look back, I feel very grateful to my husband who was very patient and loving with me well, I was emotionally unstable because of the drastic change. This was the first and one of the biggest struggles of our multicultural marriage. I missed my family so much that I wasn't able to stay in the present and enjoy my new life. Many weekends I stayed in bed crying because I couldn't deal with these new uncomfortable emotions. I realized how fragile I was. I felt real pain in my chest as if someone or something was crushing my heart with their hand. I started hyperventilating while crying and was not able to calm down alone. My husband was so worried for me that he even asked me several times if we should move to Colombia. Time passed by and I was still feeling depressed. During that time I hurt my husband a lot. He felt guilty for taking me far away from my family and friends. Even if it was my decision, he felt great responsibility. I realized that I needed to change, otherwise I was going to be miserable. And even worse, bring those around me down. I wanted to change so bad. I wanted to be strong again. The moment I started to heal was the moment that I recognized that I was the one who needed to adapt. I was disappointed and heartbroken because Japan wasn't like Colombia. So I started to resist so much and I decided to embrace Japanese culture in my own way. Many cultural marriages go through the same thing. Neither of them wants to lose their traditions, neither of them wants to live the life that they used to know behind, but it's important to recognize that both are sacrificing something. I am not the only one doing a sacrifice just because I moved to my husband's country. He sacrificed many other things as well, and one of those things is a more calm life. Imagine having to explain everything about your culture to your partner and on top of that, communicate with them in their language. My husband always speaks to me in Spanish and he explains with a lot of patience the things that I need to know about Japanese culture in order to adapt. 
after a long day at work, he could have come home and spoken only in Japanese if he was married to a Japanese woman. But in our case, after a long day at work, he comes home and talks in Spanish to me, even when he's tired. Also, as an immigrant, I need help with paperwork, communicating with the doctor, if I need to go to the hospital, and many other things, which means my husband can never catch a break. I have a Chinese friend that I met in Colombia. She's very kind and loving. When I asked her if she would like to date a guy from Colombia, she said that she wanted to date and get married to a Chinese man and not a foreigner. When I asked her the reason, she replied that she didn't have the energy to explain every single detail about her culture to her partner for the rest of her life. For example, if she goes to her parents' house with her future husband, she wants him to already understand the things that he's supposed to do and have a full understanding of Chinese culture. As she's a foreigner in Colombia, I think she deeply understands how difficult it is to live abroad. In this sense, I feel grateful that my husband is a teacher because he is very good at teaching. I know that I make his life more difficult, but he never complains. Instead, he says that I make his life funnier. When I moved to Japan, I felt the need to preserve my cultural customs and identity. But when I look back at my life in Colombia, I realized that I have always been more interested in exploring other cultures than my own. I love watching Korean dramas, reading books written by Japanese authors, watching videos and listening to music in English, and eating Italian and Mexican food. Although Colombia's coffee is famous, I rarely drink it and I prefer Japanese tea. Most of my friends are from Japan, the US, China, Germany, Africa, India, and England. I always loved being surrounded by other cultures, so when the time came to prove how Colombian I truly was, I wasn't confident. My husband is Japanese and when I think about our future kids, I am concerned if they will be able to speak fluent Spanish and if they will be interested in Colombia. I don't listen to Colombian music, not even songs in Spanish. Since I came to Japan, I haven't even searched for a Colombian food restaurant. Only Mexican food restaurants because I love Mexican food. Also, when I am watching a series or a movie, I prefer to read subtitles in English and listen to the content in its original language. So I don't even consume content in Spanish in my free time at all. If I am this way, am I going to lose my culture? I try to celebrate the holidays the same way we do in Colombia, and when I do, I play music in Spanish even though it is not the music I usually listen to, just because I am afraid of losing my Colombian customs. On the other hand, I don't like cooking and I'm not good at it, but I try making this Colombian dish called ajiaco, which is a soup with chicken, corn, potato, cilantro, and milk cream. Treat this with rice, plantains, and avocado. I even tried going to a Catholic church in Tokyo since that's my religion, but it was too far away and I felt a little out of place. So when it comes to my multicultural marriage, I can't help but wonder if it's worth 
the effort I am putting into preserving my traditions. It has been thanks to my husband that I finally understood that there is no certain way to be Colombian or Japanese. Everyone's unique in their own way. And even though their culture plays a key role in the way they think and behave, people are different. You may think that all Latinos are loud and extrovert and dance really well, but there are also shy Latinos who don't even like dancing. And just like me, there are many Colombians who fall in love with other cultures and prefer living as global citizens. So I am Colombian in my own way. I may not preserve my culture through food, the music I listen to, or the series I watch, but I preserve it in the way I interact with others. I like hugging my friends to say hi, being affectionate physically and verbally, and feeling things very intensely, and being very expressive, especially with my facial expressions. I like being honest and laughing loudly. In those small details, I find my family values and the warmest part of Colombian culture. We'll be right back. Hey! Thank you so much for listening to Portraits of Life in Japan. Thanks to you, my dear global citizen, this amazing project keeps growing. That's why I am very excited to announce that Portraits of Life in Japan exclusive membership is now available. I will give a shout out to everyone who supports me on Patreon, plus other benefits. One of the biggest joys of our multicultural marriage is our love for each other's culture. For example, my husband loves Colombian coffee. He's also open-minded even more than I am and enjoys learning about other cultures as much as I do. When my husband lived in Colombia, I used to tell him that he was Colombian at heart because he loved eating Colombian food every day, listening to music in Spanish and spending time with his Colombian friends. My husband adapted so well to his life in Colombia that he started speaking fluently in Spanish very quickly. Meanwhile, I love drinking Japanese tea, reading books written by Japanese authors and exploring different sides of Asian culture. It was our admiration for each other's cultures that made us fall in love in the first place. The first time that we met, we talked about our favorite movies from Hayao Miyazaki and our favorite novels written by Haruki Murakami and Natsume Soseki. While he was very impressed that I knew so much about Japan, I was impressed by how well he could speak Spanish and how much he loved Colombia. Being married is not an easy job and is more challenging when you are away from your family. But on the other hand, I also have a new family now. My Japanese family, especially my in-laws, who take great care of me and make a huge effort to make me feel at home. 
How to embrace differences in a multicultural marriage. Something beautiful about coming from different backgrounds is having the opportunity to create your own way of doing things with your partner. For example, I have known some people here who don't make a big deal about their birthdays and my husband is one of them. Last year, I wanted to take him to a fancy restaurant and buy him a present but he asked me to celebrate at home and not buy him anything special. <laughs> of course, I felt sad because I wanted to take him to a nice place, but I respected his request, so in the end I tried to find a balance between what he asked me to do and what I originally wanted to give him. I bought traditional Japanese food because I don't trust my cooking skills for special occasions, and I bought him a scotch whiskey and warm slippers for winter. I decorated our living room and we celebrated his birthday in an intimate, relaxed and cozy way. In my family, celebrations are usually big and we like to make a big deal about birthdays, Christmas and the new year. On the other hand, my husband's family celebrates these dates in their own way. Instead of dancing and throwing a party and wearing special outfits for the occasion, they cook a ton of homemade food and drink calmly while chatting, watching the TV and wearing their pajamas or comfortable clothes. I found this way of celebrating also nice and although I used to prefer big parties and fancy celebrations, I appreciate their calmness and effort in cooking and preparing such nice meals. There is a one in a million chance of meeting the love of your life and I am grateful for the happy and difficult times that we have overcome to be together. I still have a long way before becoming an excellent wife but at the moment I only wish to have a healthy relationship filled with love, understanding and a lot of Japanese and Colombian flavor. Yuko, a Japanese YouTuber married to a Spanish man, always says being married to someone from another culture brings double suffering but at the same time double happiness and I couldn't agree more with her. In the next episode I'm going to talk about why Japanese people are so thoughtful and not controlled by panic especially during earthquakes. Thank you so much for listening to Portraits of Life in Japan. Subscribe to Portraits of Life in Japan to get noticed when I post a new episode. If you want to propose new topics, you can leave a review over on Podchaser. You can go to podchaser.com, search Portraits of Life in Japan and leave your review there. It helps the show to get discovered and it helps me to promote the podcast. Remember, being true to ourselves is our greatest strength. See you next time.